Mississippi, and I miss them greatly, but I am thankful to be at New Life Cabot today. And what a beautiful display of worship. Thank you for responding to the worship team today. And I know you're happy to be all together. What, what, a, what a joyous occasion. I know you've been separated for a while and two congregations, but in just a few weeks, you're going to be worshiping in a brand new auditorium, and I celebrate that with you. What, a, what an awesome thing God is doing at New Life. As he's already stated, it's great to be with wonderful friends, Brother and Sister Gaddy, and also Brother Nate Smith and Sister Ashley. Love these people. And uh, he would not do this because he is humble, and he's already recognized Brother Nate Smith, but your pastor was re-elected as the district superintendent of the state of Arkansas, and I think you need to celebrate with him. What a wonderful, wonderful. Yes. And if you're visiting today and you've never heard this man preach, please come back next Sunday. He is one of my favorite preachers. I know he's yours. If you love your pastor, why don't you give your pastor a great hand today? Amen. I love my family. It's so good to have them today. I've been studying the book of Acts this year extensively. And as I read a familiar passage a few weeks ago, something stood out to me that I believe is a word for God's church today. I read from Acts chapter 3. It's a little bit of a lengthy reading, but it's just 10 verses. Stay with me. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And so he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I go back to verse 5. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. I preach to you today for just a few moments. Walk on my faith. Walk on my faith. The lame man did not walk on his own faith. But the lame man walked on the faith of Peter and John. We need one another, New Life Cabin. If we've ever needed one another, we need one another in the day in which we live. And so before you're seated, I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to look them square in the eye and I want you to tell them, walk on my faith. 
Tell them like you believe it today. Walk on my faith. You may be seated. To live Christ-like in a culture of confusion is to live boldly. Peter and John were bold in their actions in our text today. They didn't just talk the talk. Somebody help me. They, they walked the walk. To live boldly, there's a sense in which it will resonate with certain personalities while alienating others. You ask the question, does our culture really need Christians to live boldly in the 21st century? And what does that even mean to, to live boldly? The answer hangs on our understanding of the word bold. And if we'd learn from the book of Acts, the answer to that question today is yes. The call of Christian living is to live bold in the way Luke shows us. It's not so much because our culture needs it, and they do, but it's because boldness is an identity-shaping element of the church of the living God. But this is what I know. It is much easier to live bold if your neighbor or your brother and your sister and your friend is living bold along with you. Is anybody thankful for the body of Christ today? Is any, come on, if you're thankful for your church, if you're thankful for your brothers and your sisters, somebody worshiping for the church of the living God today. Is anybody thankful for the church? One can put a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000. Ecclesiastes tells us two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be empowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. In our text this morning, Peter and John are the main characters as well as they should. But I propose to you this morning that the people that carried the lame man and laid him daily at the gate do not get enough credit. They knew the law would not allow them to carry him inside of the temple. And so they got him as close to his miracle as they possibly could. Our job is to get people as close to Jesus as we possibly can. I said our job is to get them as close to their miracle as we humanly can and God will take care of the rest if we can move them to that place of a miracle. You heard the old saying that you can lead a horse to water but you can't make him drink. Just because you can't make him drink doesn't negate the fact that our job is to lead him to water. You can't make anyone receive their miracle, but our job is to lead them to the one who is all-powerful and has all mercy and grace in his hand. Also, the people that carried him and laid him daily at the gate, they knew that his motives were impure. He only wanted money. Yet they carried him and laid him at the, day, at the gate anyway. We've all been guilty of questioning people's motive to get close to the church. But our job is to always err on the side of mercy. 
and you take them to Jesus as many times as it takes. And I just believe that if you'll get them there, I said, I just believe that if you'll get them there, he'll take care of the rest. I don't know about you, but I've received a lot of mercy in my life. I received a lot of grace in my life. When I didn't deserve it, somebody got me to Jesus. And let me just tell you, he took care of the rest. Do I have anybody that wants to worship him today for the mercy that you have received? Anybody thankful for the work that he's done in your life today? Is anybody grateful today on this Sunday morning that somebody got you in the presence of Jesus? And so this leads me to my first point this morning. Get you some friends that will take you to Jesus. Brother Gaddy, I, I, you don't even know what I was preaching, but let me tell you today, you need to get some friends that will take you to Jesus. Your friends will either make you or break you. In Mark chapter 2, we read where four men carried a paralyzed man to Jesus to receive his healing. If you are familiar with the story, you know that there was not room in the house. For them to get him through the door. Obviously, they were not in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> and so they did what they had to do to get their friend to Jesus. And they took the roof off the house where Jesus was. And they lowered their friend to Jesus. And watch this. Verse 5 of Mark chapter 2. When Jesus saw, somebody help me, their faith. He said to the paralytic son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. There's those critics. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus received in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise and take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he arose and took up the bed and went out into the presence of them all. And so they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we've never seen anything like, like this. When Jesus saw their faith, he not only received his healing, but his sins were also forgiven. You may come to this house this morning and you may just be, have a need in your life of healing or financial blessing, but let me just tell you, your sins can also be forgiven today. You're going to come here today and receive your healing, but let me just tell you the greatest miracle of all is when he baptizes you with his spirit and you go down in the wonderful name of Jesus washing your sins today. Walk on my faith today. You may have came here and you feel like your faith is low. You're sitting by somebody today that's already received a miracle and they got faith to believe with you that anything can happen, that anything is possible. Come on, say it with me. Walk on my faith. Walk on my faith. Iron sharpens iron. When we think of friends, we often think of the people whom we naturally like who like us, who, who like the same things that we like. Pastor Gaddy and I have been friends for several years, but we have a lot of things in common. We like to play golf together. I'm making up for yesterday. He beats me all the time. <laughs> we like good food. Anybody with me today? 
Those are the things that connect us. Our family love each other. He loves my kids and I, I love his family and we love to laugh. Just tell you, that's what friends do. You connect on, on things that you have in common. We hope for friends who will encourage us and comfort us and support us. I'm about to mess with your theology. What about praying for friends who are willing to wound us? The great wisdom writer says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Hear me today. Godly friends will wound us for our good. They'll rip open our carefully crafted excuses and they will shock us back to real life. True friends are not mobsters who, who club us over their head with their words to prove a point or to settle the score, but true friends wound us for our good. Find friends new life that will stir you up. Be a friend to somebody else that will stir them up. Don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I need to hear. Which leads me to my second point this morning. You need to get rid of friends who are a negative influence in your life. I know this is elementary, but somebody's about to receive their miracle today when you walk on my faith. Get rid of friends who are negative influence in your life. In Luke 8, we'll see a desperate father falling at the feet of Jesus because his daughter was dying. Luke 8, 49, and while he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. Thy daughter is gone. Don't trouble him, it's over. Scripture doesn't tell us, Brother Gaddy, who delivered this news to Jairus. But this is one person in his life that needs to go. It's over, Jairus. Just give up. Don't, don't trouble him. You waited too long. It, it's too late for her miracle. It's time for mourning. Get rid of friends that tell you it's over. Get rid of friends who tell you it'll always be this way. Get rid of friends who tell you you will never change. Just learn to live with it. You'll always be an addict. You'll never receive the Holy Ghost. I speak to somebody in this house today that is a lie from hell. You are not over until God says you over. If you've still got breath, you still got hope today. I wish somebody would rejoice today because he has the final say. He has the final say. He's got the last word today. I just wonder today before I move further, is there a testimony in the house of worship? That you were on your last breath. That you were on your last leg, but God showed up right on time. Do I have an old sinner in the house today that will just lift his hand or maybe stand to your feet and begin to worship and testify to somebody sitting next to you? You can walk on my faith today because God's been good to me. God's been faithful to me. There's nothing he cannot do. I said there's nothing he cannot do. He's got all power and he's here today. Walk on my faith today. You don't have to tell me I've already seen it. You don't have to tell me I've already been there. I don't supposed to be preaching to you this morning. I was backslid as a teenager, but God rescued me. God delivered me today. I've got faith today to believe that he can do it for you as well. You can walk on my faith today. It's not over until he says it's over. 
Luke 8 verse 50 says, But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Do not be afraid. Only believe and she will be made well. I love this next part. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John and the father and the mother of the girl and now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, do not weep. I've got the final say. She is not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him knowing that she was dead. One translation says they laughed him to scorn. They were ready to believe the worst. Verse 54. <laughs> I love Jesus. But he put them all outside. He just got rid of them. He said, if you're going to be a negative influence in my life, you've got to go. Because I've got the final say. I don't need to hear your, your ridicule, your scorn, your laughing at me. He put them all outside and he took her by the hand and called and said, little girl, arise. And then her spirit returned and she arose immediately and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Get rid of friends who are a negative voice in your life. You are who you hang around. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Find you some friends that will take you to Jesus. My last point this morning, and my most important point, it matters who you are near when you go through a storm. I said it matters who you are near when you go through a storm. The lame man in Acts 3 was in a storm with his health. But we all have our own storms. Wave at me today if you know what I'm talking about when it comes to a storm in life. We are living in a world and a culture that is surrounded by storms. Storms in your faith. Storms in your physical body. Going through storms emotionally, you're battling depression and worry and doubt and fear. It's gripping our nation. Some of you are in a storm spiritually today. Hear me, it matters who you are near when you go through a storm. I often wonder, Brother Gaddy, how people make it when they go through hard times and they don't have a church body to lean on. They don't have an apostolic friend to lean on. They, they don't have a brother or a sister or a friend that says, hey, you can't do this by yourself, but I'm here with you and you can walk on my faith today. You can lean on me today. You, you are not alone. The lame man would have never received his miracle if Peter and John had not been near him. The pandemic has caused us to pull away from one another. It's the enemy's device today. It, it's caused us to isolate and, and to withdraw. One of the greatest power sources in our lives is our brother and our sister and our, and our godly friends. We are better together. Just because you're together today in this house as one body, there's been an electricity in this building today because the body is meant to be together. The majority of miracles that I have seen in my life were initiated by someone else that was close to them. Yeah. Yeah. Hear me today. It matters who you are near when you go through a storm. In Mark chapter 4, 
the disciples find themselves in a storm on the sea. Verse 35 says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. I'm just telling you, it matters who you are near when you go through a storm. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. Verse 36 says, There were also other little ships with him. Verse 37, the storm starts. Verse 39, the storm stops. Is anybody ready for the storm to stop? The reality is your proximity to someone else's storm is often the reason we either get into or out of something that we aren't even responsible for. It matters who you are close to when you go through a storm. New Life Cabot, we need friends that know how to take us to Jesus. We need friends that will look at us in the eyes and say, hey, you are down on your luck today. Life has thrown you a curve, but you can walk on my faith. You may not see a way out, but I'm going to take you to the one who is the way out today. I'm just telling you, somebody's going to get healed in this house today. Maybe not on your own faith, but you're going to get healed on somebody sitting by you that says, hey, you can walk with me. I'll take you and I'll pray with you. You may not have enough faith for yourself today, but you can walk on my faith. Brother Gaddy's already mentioned my father. We miss him greatly, but thankfully he's dancing on streets of gold today. I believe that. My father received seven notable miracles in his life. He preached a message called the God File where he would write those miracles down and he had them in a, in a big file and he had it with him when he preached and he'd take them out of that file and tell the world about the miracles that God performed in his life. But he would tell you that every miracle he received happened at the church house. Not that God can't perform it anywhere else. God has all power. He can do whatever he wants to. But I'm just led to believe that when you surround your faith with the faith of your brother, something special can happen. So every miracle he received happened at the church house when he was with somebody else's faith. You can walk on my faith. But there was one miracle in particular. He was pheasant hunting in Iowa. And he fell off the back of a truck. And he landed on his two elbows and he broke both arms with one fall. This was on a Thursday and the men that he was hunting with put him in the truck and they drove him to Columbia because he wanted to go to his doctor. Anybody got your doctor? (laughs) And so he came to Columbia and on Friday he went to see Dr. Kahn at Southern Bone and Joint. Dr. Kahn said, Bishop, 
And he said, you messed them up good. He x-rayed both of them. He said, they're both broke. He said, come back Monday. We're going to do surgery. We're going to put pins in them. And he put both of them in slings. And so from Friday through the weekend, he was incapacitated. My mom had to dress him and feed him. And you know the story. But on Sunday night, he was in the prayer room praying with two slings. And there was a man that came up to him in the midst of a mighty prayer meeting and said, Bishop, I believe God's going to heal you. Bishop didn't have enough faith. I mean, he'd done had seven, six notable miracles at that time, but this was number seven. He didn't have enough faith to believe in himself. I'm talking about a powerful man of God. He said, well, if you believe it, I believe it. And that man took one sling off of his arm, and when he did, his arm fell down straight. And immediately he threw it straight up. Faith began to build, and he said, if God can heal one, God can heal two. And they took the sling off of his left arm. And it fell down straight and it went straight up in the air. He left that prayer room that night and he laid hands on everything in the building. <laughs> because faith was high and people got healed and miracles happened and deliverance happened. You can walk on my faith today. You may not have enough faith to believe for yourself. But I serve a God that is all faithful and all powerful. And there's nothing he cannot do if you've got enough faith to believe. I wish you'd stand to your feet today if you believe God is able. If you believe God can do anything today. If you believe that God can touch your brother and your family. Some of you are believing for backslidden children and spouses. Let me tell you today, you can walk on my faith. And I feel the Holy Ghost in this house today. Come on, intercessors, would you help me? Lift your hands right now. Let's just begin to pray. That faith would rise in this building. Come on, pray that faith would rise in this building right now. God, I thank you for your anointing and your power and your strength. Thank you, intercessors. The Spirit of the Lord is in this house right now. The Spirit of the Lord is here right now. Miracles are getting ready to happen. Healings are getting ready to happen in this place. Somebody's getting ready to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost Hallelujah. for the very first time in this house today. Oh, I feel his presence today. I said, I feel his presence today. The anointing is here. Come on, if you know how to pray in the Holy Ghost, I wish you would begin to do that right now. Just begin to speak the name of Jesus. I said begin to speak the name of Jesus. We sang about it earlier. You just speak the name. Depression has to go. Fear has to go. It's powerful in this place right now. <laughs> Hear me this morning. If you came here with a need, I believe that my God is here to meet that need. But you may say, 
Pastor, I don't even have enough faith to believe for myself. This room is packed. And today, there is someone sitting close to you that's got enough faith to look at you and say, you can walk on my faith today. You can receive your healing on my faith today. Man, I feel God's presence here. Yeah. Would you begin to pray for the person that is next to you right now? Would you connect with them? Come on, grab a hand right now. Lay a hand on his shoulder. Begin to connect with a brother, sister, a family member today. It's happening all over this house right now. Yeah, it's happening all over this house right now. <laughs> Feel people with the Holy Ghost right now in the name of Jesus. Deliver people right now in the name of Jesus. Set people free right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, believe for your neighbor right now. Speak over their situation. Lay hands on them under the power of the Holy Ghost right now. I know the season that we're in. I pastor a church and I recognize the pandemic. Thankfully, the numbers are working in our favor and that's why we're together in this building today. But you may not be comfortable enough to walk to this altar, but I want you to know right where you are, your miracle can happen. But I do believe that faith rises when you begin to step out. And so I wonder today if you would take the hand of someone near you today and you'll tell them, you can walk on my faith and you will take that hand and you'll walk them to this altar today. I feel healing right now. Does there anybody need to receive your healing today or a miracle or the Holy Ghost? Would you get out from your seat and would you walk to this altar today in faith believing? Tell your neighbor today you can walk on my faith. Yes, man, the Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is here. Yes, the Holy Ghost. It's the presence of the Lord here right now. Amen. Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in 
Miracle. 
when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're 